Welcome to the You Love and You Learn podcast, the place to learn about all things love, relationships, relationship anxiety, and to deconstruct the one-size-fits-all narrative of what it means to be in a happy relationship. I'm your host, Sarah Yudkin, a relationship anxiety coach who's on a mission to discuss the nuances of love and relationships that I wish someone would have shared with me years ago. My goal with each episode is for you to leave with an expanded definition of love and relationships and with practices to carry with you in your life and relationships on a day-to-day basis. I'm so grateful to have you here. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm very excited to be here with you. And funny enough, right before I pressed record, I just received my Spotify wrapped information for the podcast. And oh my gosh, I'm feeling so just like honored. And I have a huge smile on my face if you're listening. And it was so cool to me to hear some of these things. I'm going to share some of the statistics that Spotify shared with me. And by the way, I know that not everyone listens on Spotify. Some people listen on Apple podcasts or my website. And so this is only really part of the story, but I am just honored. I was streamed in 88 countries, um, the United States being 44% of people, which makes sense because that's where I'm from, but 88 countries. Oh my gosh, how exciting. That is so cool. And my podcast was shared with other people. I cannot thank you enough. There, It was shared via direct link, text, WhatsApp, Instagram, and other ways. If you have listened to an episode and shared it with a family or friend, oh my gosh, I cannot thank you enough for that. And it means so much to me that you would take the time to share this information and to help other people learn about love. That's, of course, the goal of the podcast. And these stats really, really made me feel so special. And just that the work that I'm doing with this podcast is meaningful. Of course, it's meaningful to me, regardless of who's listening. And that's why I love doing it. But of course, it means so much to me to read these next few stats. I'm a top 10 podcast for almost 4,000 people, a top five podcast for almost 3,000 people, and then the number one podcast for just over 600 people. And that means so much to me. Again, thank you all so much for listening. It means the absolute world. And I I just can't thank you enough. I know I've said it now a few times. Um, And I hope that in the next year, I can continue to bring you episodes that you're loving and continue to bring on guests that not only I, but you are really excited to hear from. And if you have any suggestions of podcast topics and you've listened to the podcast this year, feel free to send me a DM at you love and you learn on Instagram and just say, I'm a podcast listener. I would love to hear more about this topic. And I will absolutely consider it and see what I can do to weave that in for future. And as I'm sharing this immense gratitude for you, if you have a moment while you're listening to this before we get into the episode to leave a five-star review on Spotify or to leave a five-star review on Apple and write a message about how the podcast has been helpful for you, that would mean the absolute world. Spotify, you can leave a rating only, I think, 
Whereas on Apple Podcasts, you can actually write out a review and reviews help show both Spotify and Apple that this podcast is resonating with people. So if you have a few moments right now, it can just be short and sweet, but it would mean the absolute world to me. So thank you again so much for listening and for sharing it with people in your life. Now, today's podcast, as we're kind of nearing the end of the year, at the time of recording this, it's the end of November, and I'm looking back at the last three months, and I had some reflections that I wanted to share, some lessons that I've had that have come up both in my relationship but also personally, because at the time of recording this, it's now been just about three months since Nate and I moved home from Sweden back to the United States and back to Virginia. And being that it was an international move and that there were a lot of things that came with that, not only personally and in my business, but in the relationship as well, I wanted to talk about some of the changes and the transition that's been happening, talking about getting adjusted and peel back the curtain a little bit on my life and my relationship. So hopefully you're feeling less alone in some of the things I'm going to share with you. And just to know that even if you're not going through a big change or transition, that a lot of these lessons and reflections will be very relevant to you. So let's just get into it. I'm, I don't have, I have some notes here, but this isn't going to be the most structured episode. It's going to be more me sharing from the heart and If you like more of me sharing from the heart and want to hear more of this style of episode, of course, feel free to to share how you're feeling about it after you listen. I'm going to go over a little bit of the top things that were happening for me in September, October, and November, not only for me, but for me and Nate, and to just let you in on a little bit of how it's been in these first few months since being back. And then at the very end of the episode, be sure to stick around because I have seven lessons that I've been taking away from this time period from the last three months. So September was when we came back. We flew home from Sweden on September 2nd and went straight back to a lake weekend with some of our best friends. And it was a beautiful way to be welcomed home back into the country to just see faces that we love and who were excited to have us back. And that actually felt really good because leaving Sweden was very bittersweet. A couple days before we left, we actually had a goodbye get uh, get together, excuse me, with some of our friends in Malmo. And so it was a very, it was like, oh no, we're leaving some amazing people there. And also we're coming home to some amazing people. And so Definitely felt bittersweet as we were officially moving, but in one of the ways that helped me feel more grateful for our chapter in Sweden and helped me continue to feel excited about this next chapter being home because there's so much good in both of them. Now, after Nate and I spent this weekend with our friends, we actually didn't see each other for the rest of the month. And back in the day, we did long distance for those who might not know. I'm going to do an episode on long distance in the next few months, but we were long distance for a few years and only two hours apart. So not the longest distance of all time, but we did not see each other pretty much for the rest of September. And back in the day, that would have been 
a whole thing for me. I would have been very worried about that. Am I going to miss Nate enough when we're not together? Should we be talking more when we're apart? How should I be feeling about this time apart? How should he be feeling about it? There was a lot of stories and a lot of meaning that I would create around not being together and not having as much connection in person. And luckily, there was still some of that coming up for me, but for a little bit of different reasons. I'll get to that in a second. But luckily, I was able to stay in my lane a little bit more and put my energy towards spending time with my friends, spending time with my family, being excited that I get to have these experiences with people that I've been missing seeing so often. And I spent less time focused on the relationship. Now, with that said, September was a really, really big life admin month for me and for me and Nate together. So what I mean by life admin is things like getting my business set up in the United States. It was only ever set up like with taxes and registration in Sweden. And so not only setting it up back here, but trying to close things down back in Sweden, get loose ends tied up, find an accountant team here, stuff like that. Also looking for an apartment. Nate and I were apart as I shared. And so I was the one up in the area that we are going to be living in for the next couple of years, at least. And I was the one then that was going around and looking at apartments. And so the reason that there was some overthinking a little bit that happened while Nate and I were apart was sometimes I would get stuck in the message of, I'm the one that's doing so much of this apartment hunting stuff. He definitely was looking up a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but I was the one going to the listings, FaceTiming him in. Um, I was the one that was kind of going around to a lot of appointments, driving around, looking at these places. And so the story that I told myself in those moments was that this isn't fair and I should not have to be doing so much of that. But looking back at it, I can clearly see that I was just doing something that would help the greater good of the relationship. And if Nate was in town, of course, he would have been doing the same thing. So that's an example of how I think the anxious mind can take a situation and kind of nitpick at it or look at it from this angle of, is this okay? Is this good? Is this bad? Is this fair? Is this right? Is this wrong? And then unintentionally create disconnection in the relationship because instead of having that team mentality of, all right, what can I do for the greater good for us? Sometimes we can get in that, is this fair? Is this helping me type mentality? And I know that I'm guilty of that. And so if you've ever gotten like that, just know you're not alone. And it's something that we can gain awareness of and decide to come back to that we mentality, that team, and how can this help us as a unit? So that was really what was going on in September. It was a month of a lot of like shuffling around, figuring stuff out, getting organized. And one thing to even share is that at the very end of the month, Nate did come up to start living up here uh, where we both live up in Northern Virginia. And the first date night that we had back after not seeing each other for a month was very just normal. And it's funny because that's another thing where I used to assign a lot of meaning. If we hadn't seen each other for a few weeks, 
the first time we see each other in my head and in kind of the the movie that I'm playing in my life could be this big fireworks moment. Like I'm picking him up from the train station and he runs over to my side of the window and has like a bouquet of a hundred roses and is just jumping up and down to see me, all of that. And it was a very it was like a nice greeting. We hugged each other. We kissed each other. I'm excited to see you. And we went out to dinner and then we had kind of a cozy night, but it wasn't necessarily this groundbreaking experience. And I want to normalize that because first of all, Nate and I have been together for almost seven years now. Um, At the time of this podcast coming out, I actually think our anniversary will be coming up either. It'll have just happened or it's this week. So our anniversary is on December 16th. And In the course of our seven years together, there have been plenty of exciting experiences. Oftentimes, those exciting experiences were the ones that I didn't expect to be so exciting. They just kind of happened, right? I wasn't putting so much pressure on them, but we've had plenty of those moments. And it's okay that there's a mix of exciting moments, a mix of, you know, kind of normal moments, and a mix of maybe boring or challenging or irritating moments. That's something I'll talk more about later. But I just wanted to normalize that because I feel like from the outside looking in at people's relationships, we can make a lot of assumptions of how things are looking, how things are feeling. And so I want to normalize as much as possible that having just a normal date night after time being apart, like there's nothing good, bad, right or wrong about that until we start adding on a story about what it means. And Two months later, as I'm recording this, I barely even remember that date night except for to bring it into this story to share it with all of you. Okay, now let's move into October. So October was then Nate and I being back in the same city, but we were living at my dad's. He was out of town for the month traveling, and so we were both co-working at my dad's. There's only one kind of like office space that has a door in his house. So we were kind of just being as flexible as possible. Some of my podcast episodes that month were recorded in his closet. I kid you not. And so it was kind of just both of us doing as much as possible to have a semi-productive workspace, but also helping each other out when we needed it, like switching spaces if we needed to have a more private meeting and just kind of getting used to still being home in a new place, but also not yet in our new home together. It was living in someone else's space still. In September, I was living at my mom's. He was living at his mom's. So it feels different when you're used to having your own space together and it's a space that you're comfortable in, you know how to kind of operate versus being in a family's home. It doesn't fully feel like yours, you're kind of visitors. And that was something that for the first two months, I definitely think both of us were feeling. We weren't feeling fully settled. We were still in a little bit of a limbo period. October as well, though, was when we did move into our new place that we're living in now. So that was really exciting. And it also came with a lot more life admin, like getting new furniture, moving in, making logistical decisions. How are we going to set up the new space? Uh, We also got a new car in October. So really exciting things that are, you know, needed for our life. And I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but sometimes when you have a lot of decisions to make or a lot of things to do, a lot of organizing to get done, 
it feels unsettling in some ways. It doesn't feel like everything is in its place, so to speak. And for me, I'm the type of person that when things are in place, it does help me feel a little bit more able to focus on things in my life. Now, I'm not here to say that everything should always be in its place. And I actually think that that mindset does less good for me than it does help, but it does help me to have at least a certain amount of organization, a certain amount of this thing is in its place or this decision has been made. And there's this concept called outer order, inner calm by Gretchen Rubin. She does happiness on research or she does research on happiness rather. And that concept was not really happening in October or September. So there was not necessarily a lot of outer order in my life. And so there was not as much inner calm. There was a little bit more of uncertainty or feeling in limbo, feeling in the middle of a transition. And that spilled a little bit into not only how I felt about things in our relationship or things in just general, but also the work that I do because it felt like a big chunk of my time and energy was going to focusing on getting settled in a new place, finding a new place, getting the business up and running. And I didn't have as much capacity to be creative in my business, to come up with new ideas. Um, And so I felt like I was doing all of the things that I normally do well, like supporting my clients and, you know, making sure that I am doing the things that need to get done, that didn't waver. But extra stuff like coming up with a new webinar idea or coming up with really strong social media content or reading and learning, those things were definitely on the back burner during this time. That said, though, October also was a beautiful month in so many ways. There were deep moments of connection with me and Nate after kind of being in the move into a new place grind and figuring all that out. We had a concert night that always really reconnects us. We just love music. We love live music. We love being in the energy of the group and singing along and all of that. So we had one of those nights in October. I spent time on new hobbies like watercolors. One of my best friends got me a watercolor kit for my birthday and her and I have been painting together And there was a lot of connection with friends and family outside of my relationship too, just continuing to spend time with people that I've been missing a lot. And we had our best friend's wedding in October. One of my best friends had a baby and it really made me grateful that I'm home for these types of moments. And just, I felt really lucky that amidst all of the stuff that I had going on, that the things that are really important to me, like my relationship with Nate, with family, with friends, those things felt really strong and really things that I can lean on amidst all of the ups and downs. All right, last month, moving in to November, I'm sharing all of these things with you, by the way, in the hopes that, again, it makes you feel less alone. That is a big part of why I do this podcast, because I wish that I could have just gotten a little insight into what's really going on in someone's life or relationship because in October it wasn't all sunshine and roses and it wasn't all like things just being calm and and exciting all the time. There was a lot of stuff happening and life is filled with stuff, right? So just knowing that 
you're not alone if it feels like there's months or weeks or even seasons where you're just kind of getting things done or going through the motions. So we'll talk more about that later in the reflection that I have, but that is why I'm sharing what I'm sharing. And the same concepts or lessons came up in November too. There was a balance of a lot of things. There was the fun, there was more concerts that Nate and I got to go do, time with friends and family. We started feeling more settled into our new place and our new routines. And this led to, because I felt more settled in my new place, in my routines, in you know having some of the basic things checked off the list that needed to happen, I was able to pour more energy into focusing on the work and supporting the Love and E-Learn community with things like a new webinar that I had in November or new clients, new coaching packages, things that were, you know, me kind of putting out more. And throughout this time, like I said, I kept the same energy and the same excitement towards things that I always do, like working with my clients, supporting my group. And I also knew that beyond the basics, there was a limited amount of energy I could pour into these things. Whereas in November, I felt some of that coming back. And we have in November been continuing to build and create this new home with, you know, filling it with things that we need and and creating spaces like my office space. I'm slowly starting to have that become a space that is helpful for me to work in and things like that. We had wedding and my cousin's wedding with family. So that was really wonderful. And then one other big update from November that was really exciting was that we chose our wedding venue and our wedding date. So I am very, very excited about that. And we actually ended up choosing our wedding venue on the first go. We had two appointments one weekend and we went to see the first one and we we realized why even go to the second one because we love everything about the first one and if we go see the second one, we might just have FOMO about which one we end up choosing and so we decided to go and pick the first one and we'll be getting married in May of 2025. I did not want to feel rushed or pressure to get everything ready for a wedding within a year of moving home. And so we decided to give us a longer timeline, longer runway. And so we are getting married in May, 2025. And I'll continue to share my thoughts and feelings about that as it's coming. But for now, I am taking it one step at a time and really just trying to focus on, you know, not getting too ahead of myself. And I'll talk more about that in the lessons, which I'll now get into. So The first lesson that I'm going to share actually relates to this wedding venue weekend where we chose it, which is that it's something I've said before. I'll say it again probably a bajillion times, but life and relationships ebb and flow. They have periods of connection and disconnection. They have ups and downs. They have exciting things and more boring things. And this can even happen within a day or within a weekend. It's not just oh, like throughout seven years, you're going to have ups and downs. It can happen in micro moments just throughout the day, just throughout the weekend. My wedding venue picking weekend is a perfect example of this. So 
Saturday morning, Nate and I get up and we're going to see this wedding venue and we end up having kind of a cute little morning. We pick Starbucks up on the way. We're listening to music that we both love. We're driving out to this wedding venue and it's a perfect fall day out. So sunny. The leaves look gorgeous. Like there's just a lot of beauty that's happening in in this moment. And we get to the wedding venue. We have a really great tour. We both love it. We go to lunch afterward and we kind of decide, I think we want to move forward. And we're in that excited feeling of, we picked it. And I felt really confident choosing it. And I felt like this feels like the helpful choice. This feels like a good choice. This feels like the right choice. And I haven't always been able to do things like that. And especially not in my relationship, I haven't always been able to feel so confident in things like that. So it felt really good. But then later that day, we come home and I want to spend time outside. It's so nice out. And Nate decides he wants to work on something more like more of his hobbies kind of. And that's more of an indoor activity. And so I just decided, all right, great. I'm actually going to go run some errands and walk to the errands because it's so nice out. And I put on my headphones and was listening to music and had a little walk. And it was just so nice. I ended up coming home and watching a TV show and having some me time and having some slow time and kind of having a more mundane or boring afternoon after going to see such an exciting thing like the wedding venue that morning. And then later that night, Nate and I spent some time with friends. We had a really fun night out. And on Sunday, we just had a low-key day, like relaxing, groceries, watching Sunday football. And then at some points, even both of were just on the couch and on our phones, like looking at stuff on social media, right? So within that weekend, within a 48-hour period, there was moments of excitement, moments of boredom. There was moments of feeling connected and excited about each other. And then there was moments of feeling disconnected and both in our own little worlds and all of that's okay. And so I just want you to hear that that's normal. That's part of life. And we don't have to analyze, oh, like the wedding venue moment was so good. Like that means our relationship's good. And then, uh, we were on our phones, like not talking to each other that Sunday night. Oh, that's so bad. It's just all part of the weekend and there doesn't have to be any stories or any meaning assigned to it. Quick episode break to let you know that I am now enrolling for two month private coaching clients. This is the most flexible private coaching package I've ever offered to be able to support you in feeling more confident and clear in your relationship. In our two months together, you will leave with tools and practices to use on the spot during moments of relationship anxiety, a stronger self-awareness of how your own patterns contribute to the dynamics happening in your relationship. You're going to build a deeper sense of self-trust that you are moving forward and making a trustworthy decision as well as a deeper sense of self-compassion and being kinder to yourself during moments of relationship anxiety. You're going to have more clarity around why relationship anxiety shows up for you uniquely and the confidence to move forward without constantly questioning things in your relationship. This two-month package starts as low as $375 a month for a five-month payment plan, and you can check out more information in the show notes if you're ready to show up in your relationship with more confidence and learning how to navigate moments of relationship anxiety. Past private coaching clients share that working together was a game-changer, life-changing, 
the best decision they've ever made. And if you're so ready to learn how to show up in your relationship from a place of more love and connection so that anxiety is not in the driver's seat anymore, check out those show notes and go ahead and sign up for private coaching. If you have any questions about coaching, just DM me at you love and you learn on Instagram. Thanks so much. And let's get back into the episode. The next lesson is that I realized over these last few months that when my main focus is not on my relationship, I find that I am more content and happy in my relationship. So it sounds weird. It's almost like we think that by focusing on our relationship all the time, we're going to be happier and more content. But actually, when my energy is completely focused on my relationship, it doesn't feel helpful. It feels like I'm just analyzing it, checking it and kind of monitoring it versus actually being in it. And I was listening to this podcast the other day with a guest on Lewis Howes. I need to – let me look up the guest actually right now as I'm talking because I want to make sure that I uh, tag it correctly. Okay, so the episode was with Gary John Bishop and Lewis Howes, and I didn't listen to the whole episode, so I can't vouch for the whole episode, but this guest, Gary John Bishop – He recently wrote a book on relationships and he had this really great analogy that I loved. And he was basically saying, stop living your life and stop living in your relationship from the sidelines and actually get on the field and be in the experience. So what that means is when we're constantly kind of comparing our relationship to what it should be like, or is this how it should be? Is this good enough? Did we have enough connection this weekend? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it right? Wrong? We're not in it. We're just kind of like we're creating distance from it and we're, we're managing it. We're monitoring it. And so what I noticed is that when I can take some space and not actually focus on my relationship so much and just have it be part of my life, but not my whole life, I'm much better at just experiencing it versus it being the top thing that I have to spend energy on. So if you're listening to this and you find yourself feeling like your energy is all going to focus on your relationship, I would encourage you to sit and reflect right now even, what are some ways that I can pour back into my own cup? What are ways that I can shift my focus to things that are not relationship related And when I do notice that I'm in that mood of trying to manage the relationship and trying to assess it and analyze it, how can I come back to being in it? What's a small action I can take in that moment, like hugging my partner or like saying something you're grateful for about your partner or bringing your partner a cup of tea or coffee, like something small in that moment, just engaging in conversation with your partner even and trying to be present in that conversation. Because so often we're focusing on how things are going versus actually just being in the relationship. And it's easier said than done. I will acknowledge that, but it's a practice and we can be intentional about noticing when we're not in the relationship, when we're assessing the relationship. The third lesson that I wanted to share from these last few months is that we can share how we're feeling about things with our partner without it needing to be about them or something they need to fix or solve. So an example of this is I have shared at points in the last few months with Nate, I'm feeling disappointed 
that more of our energy right now seems to be going to life admin than to having fun or to being more spontaneous. And he's even acknowledged like, yeah, I felt the same way too. And that feels so much more helpful than being like, oh, we're not connected enough. Like we need to do more of this. We need to do more of that. Just acknowledging I'm disappointed and I'm feeling this way and letting your partner even be able to share that same sentiment. So just knowing like as you listened to what I just said, seeing if there's anything in your life that you can share with your partner without making it about them or their relationship being bad, but just owning and honoring your feelings. The fourth lesson, something I've shared before, is this notion of trusting that this too shall pass. It is so helpful for me to trust that all phases, all stages, all things pass. And that includes the seemingly positive experiences, but also the seemingly negative ones, right? So knowing that a phase of feeling like we're more roommates because we're doing all this stuff running around and buying furniture for the apartment, knowing that will pass. And also knowing that moments of deep connection also pass. And it's okay. I don't need to be attached to a moment of disconnection any more than I need to be attached to a moment of connection because they continue to pass. And so if you feel like it's hard to trust that, if you feel like this is not necessarily something that is easy to trust in those moments, it's okay because in the moments of anxiety, we're always kind of worried, well, will this stick around forever? And it's because it doesn't feel great. So it's understandable to have that question or that worry. And I want you to just be mindful from a place of curiosity, not from a place of needing answers and certainty, but just notice, look back on some of the cycles that you've had in your relationship of feeling more disconnected, but then having a moment of connection at some point and feeling really grateful or moments where you're feeling really, really doubtful, but then eventually you feel more content or more grateful for your partner or even in your work or in your life, noticing if there's been a time where you feel really, really stressed, but then eventually that passes and you feel more grounded and calm. Start to build up evidence and pay attention to the fact that things pass and that they come and go and that that's okay and you don't have to hold on to all of the moments. They can just be what they are. Next lesson is taking things one step and one day at a time always helps me feel less overwhelmed when there's a lot of change happening. So whether it is preparing for our upcoming wedding, which we've only really checked off a few big items so far of, or whether it's moving in projects like filling my office or getting everything set up in our new place, trusting and knowing that it will get done, but it's okay to leave some things incomplete. Now, my brain would much rather have my whole office set up, everything in our apartment set up, and all of the wedding plans completely done right now. You know, that would be me feeling like everything is in control and checked off, all of that. But I know that I don't have the capacity right now to do all of those things. First of all, financially, I don't want to fill every single part of my office or our apartment right now. Like it's going to come bit by bit slowly and steadily. 
also just with my energy levels, I don't have the energy to make all of the big decisions that I want to make with Nate about wedding planning stuff. I feel like I am someone who has a little bit more opinion on how things will go, but he's also shared things that he would like, and we're going to make a lot of big decisions together. But knowing that I don't need to carve out time necessarily, and we don't need to carve out time necessarily to do all of that right away and just getting a couple of big things checked off and like reservations for some of our bigger vendors holding the spot, those things matter, but not every single little detail yet. Next lesson I wanted to share is sometimes I believe that life is asking us to do less and not more. It's asking us to relax instead of continue trying harder, surrender and kind of let go of things versus controlling everything. And I think this applies not only to relationships and not only to anxiety, but relationship anxiety, of course, as well. We don't always have to be working on relationships or on our anxiety or on understanding the relationship anxiety. Yes, as a coach, I help my clients, you know, better understand what's going on and help them move forward and help them navigate it. But it's okay if some seasons we are less active than others. It's okay if we don't have the exact same routines in every phase of our life or if maybe in our relationship we used to do more of this, but in this exact time we're doing a little bit more of something else. Like maybe while Nate and I were living in Sweden, there was a little bit less um, focus on wedding stuff or planning things because there wasn't anything to plan. But now that's taking up a little bit more of our time. So I think it's just knowing that you don't always have to be doing, doing, doing and moving the needle forward. Sometimes you can trust that things are just going to run their course and happen without needing to be in the driver's seat making it all happen. Yes, there are times when it does help to feel like you're in the driver's seat and making things happen, but for those who are listening, you may relate to feeling like there's always a next step, always something that you have to be focused on. And so just a permission slip to you that in certain parts of your life or relationship or in your journey to work on managing anxiety, you don't always have to be doing things. And sometimes if you feel overwhelmed by so much to do, maybe just checking, can I actually just do a little bit less than I think I need? Can I take things off my plate instead of adding them on? Can I trust that we don't have to have a weekly date night every week if right now we're both feeling a little bit lower energy and trust that we will eventually pick that back up, whatever it is. So as you're listening to this, maybe if you're feeling the same and feeling like you're just constantly trying to do things in the relationship to move it forward, have conversations, all these things, is there an an opportunity right now? And especially as we're nearing the end of year to take something off your plate and as the new year is about to start, yes, it's okay to have goals, but not necessarily feeling like you have to hit the ground running in January and work on everything all at once. And last but not least, a lesson from these last few months that is a very important one for me. It's not the first time you've probably heard me say this if you have been listening to the podcast for a while, but it is always 
a reminder that I need and it's always a reminder that I bring forward and it's always a reminder that feels just as meaningful each time and that is gratitude is a practice. And I absolutely love the research that Brene Brown has on this subject and she has found that oftentimes there is this misconception that we think joyful people are the ones that are grateful but it's actually grateful people who are more joyful. There's this misconception that because people are just joyful and everything's so good and happy for them that they have so much to be grateful for, but really the practice of gratitude helps you feel more joyful. And I think in the midst of this big move, feeling less in control, being in a new chapter of the relationship where we're still like figuring out our routines and how life looks being back home, it's easy to get a little bit overwhelmed at all this stuff that needs to get done or, oh, I just want things to feel more in a routine already. And that's all okay. Those feelings are valid. And staying in those feelings doesn't necessarily help me. It doesn't help me feel like I'm doing anything about it. If anything, I just kind of go further into, wow, like this is so hard. When yes, it's hard and there's a lot that I can feel grateful for about me and Nate's relationship, about being back home with family and friends, about being in this new place. And so it's a reminder that we can do a couple of things. One, we can kind of catch ourselves in the stories that we're telling ourselves that are making us feel badly, right? So if the story that I was telling myself consistently is, oh, moving is so annoying, there's so much stuff to do, it sucks then of course I'm going to be feeling pretty blah about it. Whereas, yes, you can acknowledge like maybe moving does not feel so great. It's not the most fun activity. And I'm really grateful and I can say this from the heart that I have this space that Nate and I found. We're both working from home and we were able to find a two-bedroom place that happens to have a sunroom attached to it instead of a balcony. And so instead of us being crammed into one of us being in the bedroom and one of us being in the office, we have two office spaces. I'm so grateful that we each have our own space to operate in. And after some time looking around at places, I'm really, really grateful that this one fell into our laps. And so it's so important to remember that despite moving being irritating at times, there's also a lot to be grateful for and to actively practice shifting into that narrative versus, oh, well, I'm just going to complain about it. Complaining is, yes, like we have times where we need to complain, but when we're stuck in complaining cycles, it's not helpful for us. It's not helpful for the people around us. And so we don't have to force gratitude, but we can tap into and practice tapping into what we genuinely feel grateful for. So in our relationship, two things can coexist. We can be anxious about something and irritated about something in our relationship, and we can still practice feeling grateful for something in the relationship or something about our partner too. So very, very quickly to recap these lessons that you can carry with you at the end of this episode a reminder that life and relationships ebb and flow, that we don't always have to keep the main focus on our relationship and actually having things outside of our relationship can bring us more contentment and happiness. We can share how we're feeling during 
times of stress or times of frustration with our partner without it being about them. Reminding ourselves that this too shall pass, both the ups and the downs pass. Reminder to take things one step at a time, especially in times of overwhelm or change in a new phase, in a relationship, or in your life. Sometimes a reminder that life is asking you to do less and not more, and it's okay to take space. You don't always have to be pushing forward. And last but certainly not least, a reminder that gratitude is a practice, and it's one that we can continue practicing. You don't have to always get it right. You can just keep showing up. So thank you so much. This ended up being a little bit of a longer episode than I imagined, actually, but I was speaking just from what's been coming up for me lately. As we near the end of the year, I hope some of these reminders will help you in the holiday season and as you prepare for another year ahead. And thank you so much for listening as always. I really appreciate all of you from all 88 countries in the world this year that have listened. So honored to have you alongside as I continue to create this podcast. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Wishing you all the best. Thank you so much for listening to the Love and You Learn podcast. If you've been enjoying the podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could rate and review the podcast because the more ratings and reviews there are, the more people that can hear this message. And it's really important to me to get this message out to the world and to create a space where people can learn about love and relationships in a way that is not judgmental, in a way that helps them expand their perspective from the cultural narratives that we've heard and seen in the movies and in Hollywood and the media. And the more ratings and reviews that are there, the more people that can hear this message. So thank you again so much. It really means the world to me that you are listening and see you in the next episode.